Hi, this is Steve. And this is Lisa. This is our podcast called... Emerita History Teacher. Yes, and we would like to take this opportunity to remind everyone that $30 buys you 30-second commercial slot, of which we will say whatever you want. Yeah, I figured people forgot because it's such a great deal. I was surprised we didn't get more requests. Where else can you... I mean, a Super Bowl commercial costs like five mil. Ours is 30 bucks, and we have a similar, like, consuming crowd, you know what I mean? I didn't want to say we've a similar audience because there's not really an audience if they're only listening. Well, technically, based on your word choice, I mean, we probably do have a similar consuming crowd. Like our friends like to drink beer too. No, no, no. Our podcast is being consumed by as many people who watch the Super Bowl. Is my point? Sure, I'll go with that too. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Lisa, we're gonna do something tonight that we've I think we've never actually done this before, which is. We say we're going to do a podcast on something in the middle of a podcast, and we never actually do it. But oh, now, cool. we're returning to one of my great ideas? Yes. Yes. And I decided, because it's an awesome idea, and because I'm trying to keep things happy during COVID. Um, I'm happy. Good, Lisa. That's great to hear it that. It turns I'm sure out I'm listeners great will be happy to hear that. at chilling at home. You've gotten pretty good at chilling at home. I didn't think I would be, since I, I tend to like to travel quite a bit, but I don't know. I just, my world has shrunk, but I'm okay with it for right now. That's good, Liz. Sometimes you just need a small world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, speaking of worlds, uh, <laughs> Lisa, tonight's topic is world fairs. Oh, wow. This is like a very recent. Yeah. So, if you listeners out there, if you haven't listened to our St. Louis episode with Tim and Bronwyn yet, go back, listen to it. We mentioned World's Fair, and me and Lisa are like, we got to do an app on World's Fairs. And by golly, I did it. I'm proud of you. Thank you, Lise. And because, I don't know, it's also just kind of a fun one. It's a fun and it's light and it's not super depressing like a lot of history is. This is true. Although, you know, if we did take time to write down more of the good things, I'm sure history wouldn't be this bad. Sure. It's just not not as... It's... Where am I going with this? Good things change the course of history, too. Maybe it's, of course. it's less tangible. Of course. But yeah. Okay, cool. Let's talk All about All wars this. end eventually. Yes. And think of all the happy things happened during war. Like, people got married, they got new puppies, and, like, maybe that was small, small scale for them, but, like, if you add it up yeah. over time, like, the impact of puppies on the history of the world is probably substantial. We just don't really talk about it or sure. think about it, you sure. know? I don't know. I'm really, I'm rambling. Uh, now you. <laughs> Let's talk about World's Fairs now, Lise. Okay. All right. So, in short... A World's Fair, just real quickly, what it is, for those of you who have no idea, it's basically when humans gather in a city for several months, and they sort of look at a bunch of exhibits on modern technologies, the most up-to-date technologies, and also just sort of wonders of the world. So when you say, you said when humans do it, but it, would it be more appropriate to say when they used to do it? Because, I mean, we don't really... Do no, we... World's Fairs are still happening. Really? We're going to talk all about that. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. So uh, that they're still going on. This is not just a part of history. It's it's part of current day. Okay. Um, and when I say like we gather to look at like, you know, the highest technology and shit, you'll understand like a clearer definition of what a world affair is the longer we talk. Okay. Um, establish, I would like to establish real quickly that the term world's fair is actually very Americanized. We're the only country that calls them fairs. Mm-hmm. Everywhere else calls them expos. Either a um, a world expo or a specialized expo, and they're also two totally different things that we're going to talk about in a second. 
what are two the specialized in the world one? Yes. Well, I mean, isn't there kind of like a language translation thing, anyways? Well, not really. Well, because they're all called world expos in their own languages. Yeah, you and, know what and, I'm saying. But we're the only ones that call it a fair, like. But expo is short for carnival. something, right? Yeah, exposition. Hmm. Yeah, it's a French word. In root, yeah. Huh. Okay. Um. In fact, you know the Washington Nationals. Uh, yes, I've heard of them. Yeah, they used to be the Montreal Expos, and that comes from they started the year that like uh, Montreal had the World's Fair, so they were the Montreal Expos. Huh. Yeah, I got I got tons. What's of their ones. what was their mascot? I don't even like know if they really had one. I I love the idea of just like a guy in a tent just walking around <laughs> on the field. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Um, um, okay. Yeah. So anyhow, um, speaking of mascots, the World's Fair had a mascot. Really? Can I guess? Is sure. it is it an animal? What type of animal? It is an animal. Ooh. Okay. Can well, I give you a hint? Yeah. It was started. We first adopted a mascot for the World's Fairs in the 1984 New Orleans. Oh, that's super World's recent. Fair. Yeah. Of course, the Americans did it. So the key is New Orleans. Okay, so there's not like an animal that looks like a Florida lizard, is there? Very much an animal Alligator. associated. No, a good guess, but a, a more associated with New Orleans, I think. Maybe basketball team. The Pelicans. There it is. Yeah, it was a pelican named Seymour de Fair. <laughs> so even though we're the only people that call it a fair, Seymour de Fair, uh, <laughs> to be clear, this is Seymour D period fair. Seymour de Fair, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty cute. Yes, um, and he's the world, he's accepted all over the world as our the mascot, um, which is cute, you know. Sips cute. Um, let's establish the two different types of World's Fairs. Again, Americans just call all of them a World's Fair. Okay. But there's two different kinds. There's a World Expo, which are bigger, more generalized, and held about every five years. Okay. Versus a specialized expo, which is very specific themes. They are smaller in numbers. Um, they're, they tend to last shorter time periods, and they tend to be more frequent now. Originally, when they first started, we only had world expos. Huh. And then as they sort of became more and more popular and the world became more modernized and the world became smaller through globalization and stuff like that, mm-hmm. we started having lots of specialized expos about every year or so. Every year or so. Yeah. Okay. So to give you an example of the differences, you can tell very clearly by the titles. The World's Fair in Chicago in 1933. So we're going to talk. This is not the really famous Chicago World's Fair. We're going to talk about a lot about that one. Okay. But there's a second one they had. World's Fair Chicago 1933 was called A Century of Progress, and it lasted six months, which is standard for a World's Fair. It's bad timing. 1933? Yeah, right. Because it was right before we <laughs> collapsed into World War II. No, it's the Depression. Oh, yeah. Excellent right. point. Yeah. A century of progress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Marked by a massive failure Global towards the end. depression. Yeah. <laughs> That's an excellent point, Lisa. Um, so, you know, it was called Century of Progress. But then three years later, okay, mm-hmm. in Stockholm, mm-hmm. they had a specialized expo that was just about aviation. And it lasted two months. Yeah. All right. That's so, nice. there you go. Now... As I mentioned, I think I mentioned it earlier, this concept is originally French. 
Yeah. Okay. okay. So the French started doing during the Industrial Revolution. Which is the early 1800s? Yeah, about, you know, you can make arguments. It's, it's not one of those things that just happened overnight. It sort of developed, right? Yeah. Um, the French started doing it. And the rest of the Europe kind of really liked it. So the first official World's Fair was held in London in Hyde Park. So the French started doing it for the world or just for, for, for the French? French? Yeah, I was going to say, that French. doesn't sound like them to... <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so they did it for France, and then other people were like, let's be more inclusive, and then London yes. did it, which makes sense, because they are very cosmopolitan. Yes. Um, okay, cool. You get it. All right, and the first one ever, it was in Hyde Park, as I mentioned, it was titled The Great Exhibition of Works of Industry of All Nations. That is so fucking classic, I feel like, for back then. There's like 17 ofs in there. Yeah, so Like my say. favorite planet, my, no, my favorite movie title. <laughs> did, you, the, did you say planet? Yeah, well, I'm not title? done because, you know, my, I got ahead of myself. The title has a planet in yeah. it. Yeah, and it's called The Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a fun one. That me. is a fun one. What's your favorite planet, though, just so we know? My favorite planet? Yeah. Uranus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I regret asking that question. <laughs> you, you set it up, Liz. All right. And we're uh, back with second grade Steve. Um, okay. So, so. Yeah. 19, 1851. 1851. <laughs> In Hyde Park. 1851. <laughs> yes. Um, Hyde Park. 1851. Hyde Park. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about some of the things that were there. All right. So there was just like sort of world wonders, and a lot of them came in the form of sort of like jewelry and diamonds and gemstones and stuff. Mm, it's great to be a thief there. Yeah, sure. That's one way to look at it. Mm -hmm. There was an exhibit there for some reason that was apparently very notable where there was a guy proving how useless modern locks were. Door locks, chest locks, stuff like that. You just pop in a bunch of locks and stuff. See? Great to be a thief there. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> it really worked in. And yeah. you could be an armed thief because Samuel Colt, the American, was there displaying the first revolvers. Oh, nice, guys. Thank you for that contribution. Yeah, of course. America got the brought the guns, <laughs> right? So you got the six-shot revolvers being on display for the first time to the public. Um, yeah, sure, sure. This is the first time the world saw, this is very European, the first time the world saw pay-to-use toilets. Yeah, well, Europe never let go of those, really. No, they didn't. And it cost a penny to use the public toilet. And fun fact, for a while in England after the World's Fair, uh, the phrase, going to spend a penny, meant you were going to the bathroom. I Wouldn't might start it be like using pence? it. Uh, no, I think they were called pennies. They were? I think as a nickname. Mm. I think they were called pence officially, and the term penny was a nickname. Oh, that's cute, and then Americans went with a nickname, and they mm. kept pence don't on the official. Don't quote me on that, though. I mean, I don't usually. Yeah, that mm. might not entirely be correct. Mm. Maybe penny is a Dutch version of the word pence. <laughs> I'm just Because like a dollar? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I just like the idea of, like, dropping some random, like, half-baked knowledge on someone, and then... Quoting you and being like, who's that? And like, that's oh, my husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, I will yeah, not quote you. I think you're super cool. <laughs> Steve Williams. Now, this is yeah. truly fascinating. And this is kind of like the mark of almost, of all the famous World's Fairs. They all have something like this that's just like way, way ahead of its time. And the big showstopper there is that there is a precursor to fax machines 
1851. They didn't even have phone lines yet. But this dude, he was a physicist, and he created this machine that could imprint an image onto a piece of uh, foil from using a wire from afar. Wow. In 1851. Wow. That's nuts, dude. I have to say, the things that blow my mind the most about, like, science and physics and whatnot is the ability for, like... Sound and images to travel. Yes, like I, that. I my still mind is don't still blown it. by radios. Yeah, yeah. You'd be moving in your car and hearing a song. Yeah, I still don't even get it. They've been around for over a hundred years. No, I know phone lines, all of it. Yeah, it's just I, who, I, I, it makes no it's sense. Just to me. people a hell of a lot smarter than us, Lise. A true debt. Yeah, but yeah, you, know, you think need stupider people to focus on the podcast. Yeah. They need yeah, something exactly. to listen to while they go to work. <laughs> exactly. You know, when they need to turn their brain off, so they need yeah. to hear some dumb people talk. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. That's why that Vanderpump Rules show exists. <laughs> yeah, you could say that about a lot of similar shows. Yeah, uh-huh, sure, uh-huh. sure. By the way, just to give them proper credit, that uh, scientist's name was Frederick Bakewell. Hmm. Now, we've thrown a lot of countries around so far, Lisa. Have you noticed anything about the couple of countries we've talked about so far? They're Western. Yeah, it's very Western, these things, right? And there's a reason, and it's not just racism. There's a reason. That should be technically. It's not just racism. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason that uh, a lot of these are Western. Do, do you think you can guess why all of these were so Western for so long? Because we've we're the starting fairs. to shift. Yeah. Because what is the focus of the World's Fairs? Um, well, oh, we're, we went, like, industry. So right. we went through an industrial revolution. Right. So the West, Western Europe and, and, and the United States in particular were the first to industrialize by quite some time. Mm. So there's a reason that they were all, it's so European and United States focused. Um, right. Although you could blame racism for why other countries haven't been able to industrialize at, at the same time that we have, right? Sure. But, like, again, Lisa, we're trying to have a fun episode, you know? <laughs> Racism kills. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, let's go. Uh, but then if you think of it, so here's some non-European and U.S. locations that we've had World Fairs in, okay? Okay. Australia, Israel, Japan, and South Korea. Um, mm. They barely even count, you right. know what I mean? For Super sure. industrialized, a lot of similarities with, like, I mean, Australia and Israel is just considered the West by most people. Yes. And then South Korea and Japan, they obviously have these huge American influences in there and, and just a lot of money and technology. hmm Okay? Now, let's get to some real interesting ones, though. Okay? Haiti. Wow. Little poor Haiti. Held one in 1949 and went into 1950. It was called the Festival of Peace. Mm. I looked into it a little bit. It looked like a very small affair as far as these things go. Just sort of focused on like music and the arts and stuff. Well, I love that sounds nice. Yeah, sure. Great. It was. Um, (laughs) It was. I remember. Yeah. It was one of my (laughs) favorite world's fairs. In 2017, we held one in Kazakhstan. Wow. Yeah, and that was on the Future Energy was the title of that. Sorry, Future Energy was the title of it. Oh, I, I feel like I caught wind of that. I feel like, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, nice one, Lee. Um, the, yeah, I feel like they were like advertising that. There's some, there is something to do with innovative energy use in Kazakhstan, isn't there? Like, uh, the only thing I could think of, I didn't look into it because I didn't have time to look into all of these 
I know that there's a shitload of natural gas in Kazakhstan because that's why the Soviets were obsessed with taking it over. Hmm. But I, that's all I really know. I imagine there's also, as you mentioned, plenty of land for, for some wind, to gather some wind and get some turbines up and stuff. Some goats, yeah. I would love to go there, actually. It looks beautiful. It does. It does. Very mountainous. Um, this is not so surprising. There's one coming up this October, depending on what happens with COVID, of course, uh, at the UAE. Um, and that's called Connecting Minds and Creating Peace. So that's going to be October 2020 if it actually goes through. Okay. Um, and then for 2023, we officially have a Steve and Lisa vacation alert. Ooh. There is one on creative in- industries within the digital field in Buenos Aires, Argentina. That has Steve and Lisa vacation written all over it. It does. We we talk a big game about going to Argentina. Yeah, and we recently and like within like the last week or so have been really into World's Fairs. So, <laughs> <laughs> so now we this gotta do literally it. the exact makings of all of our decisions. Yeah. We are really into this thing right now, and now we're gonna make a huge decision based around it. Yep. Um cool. Let's do it. Mark right. the calendars. Put it on your calendar, folks. Well, you don't have to come. No, you don't have to come with us if you don't want to. You, you can't. can. We're not you're paying, all, if you're listening to our podcast, it means I love you and you're welcome on vacation with us. This is true. Yeah, but on your own time. Unless Yeah, we're not paying for it. Unless you all buy ads. Yeah, unless then, we get enough ad revenue, then yeah. you can come. That for sure. If I, yeah. if I could afford it, I would happily pay for it. I think that would be like the most fun thing to do if you want like a lottery. It's just to bring all your friends on vacation. Yeah. That would be really fun. True, true. Yeah. All right, we've gone off track. It's my fault. <laughs> Let's get back to these world fairs. Um, okay, so this is um, this is kind of random, but I want to throw it in here because I found it to be interesting. Mm. The United States – so there's an official board. It's called the BIE. Um, it's the Board of International Expositions. Okay? okay? It's got almost every country as a member of it. The United States – was actually kicked out of it in 2001 because Congress refused to pass a budget that would fund our membership, which is a very American thing to do. Like, our Congress does not fund a lot of international agreements. And, you know, going back to, like, the League of Nations, we created this international thing, and then Congress voted to not get involved. Um, But weirdly enough, Donald Trump in 2017 very quietly pushed to get us back in the BIE because he wants to start hosting world affairs again. Well, that's kind of cool. It, it is interesting. Like, it's kind of, you wouldn't expect that from him. Actually, I don't know. I think I can see it. A man who wants to revamp the airports, I feel like, might want to revamp the fairs. Yeah, like in, in one hand, he does like showing off and flexing and stuff. Yeah, so it's a, just a bit. It's a great opportunity to flex American like yeah. strength. And no, stuff. I think actually it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but he doesn't even like funding like the UN because it's international. Like, yeah, but that's like the, the BIE. But yeah, he sees it as uh, yeah. I mean, if yeah, it's I, about America in America. Huh. Cool. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's switch to. Structures and the lasting impacts they've had on cities. Okay. Okay. So a lot of the structures that are built for these things, they're built in a way that they're supposed to be temporary, but they're built so they're taken down and recycled in various ways. Um, Uh, Whether it's the material or whether it's the moving the building somewhere else uh, and using for a different fare. 
However, there's been plenty of times where the buildings are kept and they're transformed to stuff like museums. So like the Chicago Arts Museum, for example, is one of these. Um, the St. Louis Zoo actually started from a bunch of buildings that were from the St. Louis World's Fair. Stuff wow. like that. Wow. That's kind of incredible. Yes. Isn't it nice to see it wasn't a, all the waste of yes. materials? Now, here's a fun one. Other structures are actually built to be very long-lasting, very public art pieces. Cool. Okay? And we're going to talk about some of these that are still around. Lisa, I don't know if you knew this or not, but I would argue that the most recognizable structure in the Western world is a product of a World's Fair. Can you guess what it is? Eiffel Tower? Eiffel Tower, yeah. Nice, good, good, good. Yeah. New stuff? <laughs> I, I Eiffel. Good, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Oh, yeah. So Gustav Eiffel. Won the contest. <laughs> I didn't know his name was Gustav. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he won the design to build this thing for the P- Parisian World's Fair. Shit, I didn't write down the year. There's been lots in Paris. Gustav Eiffel. Yeah. What a name. Right. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Guess how most Parisians felt about the Eiffel Tower. Oh, they probably hated it. Oh, they hated it. Yeah. Especially the artists. The artists would like go to protest the construction of it. Engi- like French engineers hated it because they thought it would be impossible to build and be this huge waste of time and money. Mm-hmm. Most old school Parisians thought it was like a total eyesore because mm-hmm. yeah. it is. It's just weird. It does not go with the whole, you know, is it Baroque nature? Like the Baroque architecture, whatever you call the big fancy buildings that are all over France. And yeah. Paris. Um, yeah. But it's still, it's cool. I mean, it, well, I mean, this is the nature of things. They, you get used to them, and then you can't imagine Paris without it. Right, exactly. Um, that Yeah, that doesn't, yeah. And, and, and honestly, like, I can't imagine, like, Gustav Eiffel was, like, like, he's the kind of guy that, that would do something that would piss people off, you know. His name is Gustav <laughs> Eiffel. <laughs> sure. Like, it worked out in the end, but, like, yeah. not, you know, Gustav Eiffel isn't, isn't you know, hitting it off the bat. No. <laughs> he got to grow on you. You know, I went to Paris with, you know, I went with my moms and my aunt and my cousin. Yeah. A couple of years ago. Yes, I remember. No interest in, I, I, for some reason I had no interest in going to see the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. It was one of those things that I'd seen so many damn times. <laughs> it was like, I get it. I know what it looks like. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. need to go. Yeah. There's so much shit to do and see There's and so eat in Paris. Much. There's so that, like, much. I, like, I just didn't care. Right. You do have to kind of pick and choose. And, like, the thing is, it's like you, you do see it while you're there. It's, like, a visible right. from so many places. So it's not yeah. like you totally yeah. ignore it. And, like, yeah, I mean, otherwise it's, a, it's just a place to, to, like, drink at night, like, on the grass. You sure. Know? So it's not like, yeah. But it's yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a, it is an impressive structure, and I'm not going to get into the structure because we have still a lot more to talk about. Yeah. But, like, the structure itself was, like, really, like, a crazy feat of engineering. Yeah. Um, That's, yeah, now I think about that makes sense. So, let's do another one of these, Lisa. Okay. I would argue the second most iconic structure on the west coast of the United States, product of a World's Fair. Wait, second most iconic on the west coast or second most iconic in the world that's on the west coast? No, no, no. Second most iconic of the West Coast of the U.S. So what would you argue? So the number one would be the Golden Gate Bridge, right? Right. So I was thinking Golden Gate Bridge, which, by the way, it's not built because of a World's Fair, but it was unveiled to start the San Francisco World's (laughs) Fair. That's super cool. Yeah, it is. But Um, the second one was literally built for a World's Fair. 
from the second. Oh, um, the Seattle uh, Point strat- Stratosphere? Is that it's called the Space Needle. Space Needle, Space Needle. Yes, yeah, so the Seattle Space Needle was also built for the World's Fair. It was intended to be long-term with a restaurant and that rotating thing. Huh. The Seattle World's Fair is also like famously one of the most successful World's Fair in terms of financially speaking because they wanted to get it, get it in Seattle to use it as a way to revamp downtown Seattle and it was like wonderfully successful. Do we know what what year this was? Ah shit. I mean sometime in the 1900s, right? Well, yeah, it was like in the 19 I think it was late 1960s. Okay. All right, so sometime in the late 1960s, early 1970s, and their downtown was struggling. So they held the World's Fair, and it did, like, it really built up the... Yeah, now it's so great, it's not completely unaffordable. Yeah, now you can't even (laughs) freaking live there, you know? Um, Another one, moving to London, going back to the original one in Hyde Park in in 1851. Hmm. They built it this beautiful, giant glass and gold structure in Hyde Park, Okay. And unfortunately, it was lost in the Great Fire of 1936, burned to the ground. However, it will always have a lasting legacy because there's a little soccer team named after it in the Premier League called Crystal Palace. What? I've never heard of Crystal Palace. Well, that's because they're not very good. They must be really not good. Sinny loves Crystal Palace. He has a couple of like uh, soccer jerseys from Crystal Palace. That's funny. Are they called jerseys in soccer? I yeah. imagine they have some weird name for it. Like they don't even say zero is zero. They always have weird names. Oh, they for do. Shit, shit. What do they call it? Like a a kit. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, yeah well, that's the, the whole, whole thing is a kit. But they kit. also have a weird name for like just the top. I think. Shit, I don't remember anymore. Yeah, but I, you know, uh, <laughs> but I thought that was really cool that Crystal Palace is actually called that because of World's Fair when they, they had the it was the uh, main building was called the Crystal Palace. Huh. Um, let's talk a bit about the 1893 Chicago World's Fair. This is a very famous one because yeah. as Tim mentioned because of something called Devil in the White City, the book. Mm. There's another couple of reasons why it's super famous that we're all going to touch on. Okay. Okay. The Ferris wheel is debuted in Chicago at the World's Fair. Mm. Yeah. I feel like that's like an image that's Sticks with, I feel like I saw that image in like a history book or something when we were learning about it. Yeah. And well, so here's the thing that original Ferris wheel was actually taken down. It was moved to the St. Louis World's Fair, you know, like mm. um, a decade and a half after mm. they moved it. They used it in St. Louis, but then they mm. sort of took it apart afterwards. But the Navy Pier Ferris wheel. Mm-hmm. Is it modeled after? Yeah. It's like a shout out to the fact that the city of Chicago invented the Ferris wheel. So it's like this big, slowly rotating Ferris wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's even apparently I didn't know this, but when I was reading about Ferris wheels, apparently some people call them the Chicago wheel. Huh, That's where that it either. was rolled out. Um, also, just oddly enough, at the end of that same World's Fair in 1893, the mayor of Chicago, who was wildly popular, was assassinated. Towards the end of the fair, oh like very God. publicly assassinated. Oh, why? Uh, mainly because it was like uh, from this dude who, like, he had some traumatic head injury and he sort of lost his mind and started working for a newspaper. And like the mayor wasn't like doing enough to like help newspaper circulation in Chicago or something. So wow. the dude like was crazy and assassinated him. Wow, that's sad. It is. 
Um, but yeah, so just before we move on, my my homework, if you will, to mm-hmm. our listeners. Next time you're in a city and there's this big structure that looks very out of place and kind of futuristic, look it up because there's like a pretty good chance that it's from a World's Fair. Because there's so many of these all around the world, especially the Western world, that are from World's Fairs. They're just not as famous as the Eiffel Tower. Dude, that makes me think of um, the, I think it's called the Atomium or something in Brussels. Yes. Is That's probably, one of them. It has to be because I remember seeing it and being like, what the fuck is this? It's, it's, it's so out of place. Yeah. That's crazy. You nailed it. It's, it's a giant metal sculpture of an atom. Yeah. It's like, and it's, it's from like, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like these, it's kind of like a white cube with like these huge silver balls on each yeah. corner. And it was so confusing to come yeah. across that and be like, what, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Um, There's like the Sun Sphere in Knoxville, Tennessee. They're like, uh, I think it's called the Tower of China in Shanghai. There's all, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of these things. Huh. And it's very interesting. It's just interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, all right. We're going to wrap up, Lisa. Okay. I wanted to keep it short, um, but you know what I, was, I, I say we're going to wrap up and it goes on for another 20, 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah, that does tend to happen. I just wanted to do a couple fun highlights of some really cool stuff that has appeared for the first time at World's Fair. Um, Typewriter was introduced in Philly in 1876. However, no one really cared because it was totally overshadowed by the invention of the telephone, Mm. which was debuted the same time. Trivia, Lisa. (laughs) Why do you think it was held in Philadelphia in 1876? Uh, was it 100 years after the declaration? Yep, it was, it was the wow. centennial. It's called like the centennial fair or something like that. Oh, I guess that was right. Okay, cool. I know my American history. Yeah, look at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 19, um, 1900 Paris World's Fair was a big one. You're going to see the diesel introduced to the diesel engine introduced to the world. And at the time it ran on freaking peanut oil. Wow, tasty. <laughs> um, and then it's also the first time that the world saw something called movie magic motion, <laughs> which we now just call movies. Or motion pictures. Or motion picture, yeah. Movie magic motion. Yep. There's Three no Three words sense. for you. Yeah. Um, there's no what, sorry? No sound. The, the, mm. the soundtracks were played, they play them on a record player, synced up with the moving pictures. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> Here's something wild, Lisa. Okay. Touch screens were introduced in the Knoxville World's Fair. Guess what year the Knoxville World's Fair took place? Touch screens? Touch screens. Well, the way you're saying it is making me think it's going to be a lot earlier than I would have guessed. Right. I might have overshot. I might have over, like... <laughs> Yeah, like I'm setting you up to say like 1842, right. <laughs> but like it's not that. I mean, my dramatic guess would be 1970 even. Yeah, so it was 1982. Wow. Touch screens were displayed. That's really crazy. That's super crazy. I don't even know how that works. Like I don't even know computers were, like I thought computers were invented. Like like the PC didn't even come out until like, yeah. I don't even know. But like I, that was way like earlier. After we were born. Yeah. In the 90s. Right? PC. That sounds a little late. I don't know. Um, at the 1939 World's Fair in New York, 
they unveiled a seven-foot-tall robot that could walk, say phrases, and even smoke cigarettes. Wow. <laughs> and you could buy them for 4000 bucks. Well, that's a steal. <laughs> yeah, right? But yeah, it was like a walking, talking, cigarette-smoking robot from 1939. Could you imagine building that in the Great Depression? Just being like all these starving people and you're building a seven foot tall cigarette smoking robot. Hey, I mean, they got an inkling and it worked out because they ended up at the fair. But yeah. they weren't depressed no more. Yeah, it's true. Good for you, robot man. <laughs> Here's a good one. Also Chicago and the 1893 fair. Famous one. There was a beer huh? called Paps Select. <laughs> it won best beer. And was awarded the oh, blue ribbon. No fucking way. And yes. Then, <laughs> in 1894, <laughs> that beer was renamed. Paps Blue Ribbon. Paps Blue Ribbon. Oh, man. And then 110 years later, it was being drank by every hipster in America at all times. Indeed. They had no idea. No idea. Good for them. Just so many yeah. so many highs and lows for PBR, you know? For real. For yeah. real. Here's another funny one. Um, Charles de Gaulle almost started a civil war <laughs> at the Canadian one in 1967, which, by the way, how the hell was Charles de Gaulle still in power in France in 1967? I don't know. He was the World War II president of France. Mm-hmm. It makes me realize that I know very little about French politics after how obsessed I am with the French Revolution. Kind of bizarre. Yeah, you kind of dropped off. I guess I don't give a shit about modern. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wow. Would you like to hear how he did this? I mean, it has something to do with, like, the French speakers and the non-French speakers, right? Absolutely. So it was in Montreal, obviously, which is the French-Canadian, you know, it's in Quebec, the French-Canadian province, which is, there's a bunch of separatists there that want them to be free of English-speaking Canada. And he said that he gave this long speech about like French pride and stuff. And at the end of it, he said, uh, "Long live free Quebec!" In French, and like the crowd went freaking nuts Jeez, and so started getting all antsy and their pantsy and and fired up. And like it went on for a while, like several weeks afterwards, it was like this big controversy. It stirred up the separationist movement in Quebec. Damn, that's dramatic. You should be careful with your words when you have that kind of power. That is true. You know, all the if you won World War II, even though it's a stretch to say the French won World War II. Yeah, they did not win World War II. (laughs) But if you were on the winning team in World War II, like your leaders were pretty beloved. You were a pretty powerful person. Well, yeah, and if you, I mean, it's yeah, yeah, this is a very warm, receptive crowd. I mean, Mm -hmm. also, yeah, Mm -hmm. never mind. Gonna go down a boring tangent. Um, <laughs> okay. Ooh, very fascinating. Very fascinating. I have two more. And then we'll get out of here nice and early, Lise. Two, two. President William McKinley mm-hmm. was assassinated at a World's Fair. Two assassinations. Yeah. He was assassinated in Buffalo at something called the Pan America Festival. Because that's when the United States was really getting down into the Central and South America. Um, and he was assassinated by an anarchist. Yeah. And that is what led to the creation. That's led to anarchy. Nice job. <laughs> Brilliant plan. It's what led to the creation of the Secret Service. Mm. 
It's like maybe our president shouldn't just be standing on a a crowded train platform, you know? It's true. Actually, to be fair, the Secret Service already existed. They were there to stop counterfeit money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they made them also protect the president. (laughs) So the Secret Service chases counterfeiters and protects the president. Yep. Weird. Weird design. It's super weird. Last fun fact I have for you, Lisa. Yeah. 1909 Seattle World's Fair. They did a raffle. The winning prize of that raffle was a human baby. Wait. Oh, oh, oh. The prize was a baby. If you won, you were given a human baby. That was the prize. (laughs) (laughs) like i mean uh i mean whose baby was it well it was an orphan baby remember uh we talked about the st louis one how they had baby incubators in 1904 um yes so apparently a lot of those babies that were being displayed in the baby incubators in 1904 st louis world's fair there were orphan babies who were like born prematurely and stuff like that and found in, on like church doorsteps and stuff. Mm. And apparently one of these babies that were, was just, they were like, what do we do with all these orphans? And apparently there was like a pretty big, you know, it can be hard to adopt a child. Right. So someone won a baby. There's apparently a documentary on it, but no one was able to track what happened to the baby. Like no one knows that's like his name or, or where what happened uh, to him where he went or anything like that. I hope it's a happy story. I do, and I think it is. You know, sure. If you're getting a baby from a world's fair, you're probably a pretty fun loving person. I I, I hope so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's um. I feel like that's like good fodder for like you know when parents make jokes about what they're gonna do to you if you misbehave. I feel like we're gonna be like, if you don't behave, we're putting you up for adoption at the next. You're world getting fair. raffled off at a world fair. <laughs> We'll take you to Buenos Aires in a hurry. You know how many people would want that beautiful face? Yeah. You're a screaming little bitch, but they don't know that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to put that in, my, in our future pocket. All right. Arsenals, just in case. That's like the, the equivalent of when my parents told me there is a backup Steve in the shed. Yeah, I love that one. Have we talked about that on this podcast? Yet? I don't know, on the podcast, I don't think. Sometimes it's hard to remember what we've had in private conversations, you know? what we've had in the, the podcast. Yeah. But yeah, my parents used to scare me when I was little for misbehaving. They told me they kept a, a backup Steve in the shed. Mm. And like, I never really believed them, but I also never really didn't believe them either. That's genius. I love so, that. We're yeah. going to steal that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Lisa, do you have anything you want to talk about? Uh, mm. Shows you've watched, music you've listened to, anything like that that you want to give a little shout out to the listeners to? Um, you know, that you're just looking for some dead air. I, you know, I, it takes me a while to recall these things. I, I, have I watched anything new? I started, I rewatched season five of Schitt's Creek. Yeah. Rewatching we, Parks and Rec. Oh, for God's sakes. Yeah. We, we started What We Do in the Shadows last night. Oh, yeah. That show's absolutely Bobby. incredible. Yeah, it's like a, how would you describe it? Like a hoax vampire documentary? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> how I would call it. It's a, it's a mockumentary about vampires. It's, good. it's actually also based on a movie that um, Jermaine from... Uh, 
Kirby Enthusiasm? No. <laughs> Shit, I always com- Flight of the Concords. I always combine those yeah. names in my head. Yeah, so Jermaine from Flight of the Concords and the, the now completely blown up Kiki Wakiki. What's his, that dude's name? The dude who Jojo Rabbit? Oh, he didn't blow up near me. I don't know. Oh, are you serious? What is this guy's name? Tiki, what? Oh, something Wafume or something? Oh, for, no, not this Wafume. Is we got, we got to stop doing impromptu pop cultural things. <laughs> the guy, who, the guy who wrote, directed, and starred in Jojo Rabbit also made this movie, What We Do in the Shadows, and he produces the TV show for American TV. Hmm. Yes. Which one was he in Jojo Rabbit? He plays Hitler. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah, I mean, I don't love Hitler, but I love that Hitler. That's yeah. Fake Hitler. Well, fake Hitler making fun of Hitler is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good shit. Um, um, but yeah, okay. That's all I've got. I guess we I do think. That, yeah. I don't know. Days are very blurry. Yeah. It all runs together. True. I've, um, I started making you an ankle bracelet. <laughs> yeah, you did start making me a Baltimore themed ankle bracelet. Yup, yup. I'm doing some these things called diamond paintings that my dad got me, where you um, it's like it's like paint by numbers except instead of painting you put in these like little tiny colored diamond things and then it makes this some kind of cool image. Yeah, and a fun fact about those is that Lisa is actually the youngest person to ever do one in about <laughs> sixty years. <laughs> hey, you know I I like what I like. Yeah, hey, whatever whatever keeps you focused. It's colorful. Yeah, sure. And, and shiny. Yeah. It's fun. It's good stuff. <laughs> Let's get out of here on that note on diamond painting. Huh? Diamond painting. Diamond. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> My name is Steve. I was a history teacher. My name is Lisa and I married him.